Good morning, church. Please stand. Lord, we're just so grateful to be in your presence today. Lord, we thank you for this new year, for this new season, for the resurrection life that we have in you. We just pray your blessings over this service today. Let your word move in power in our hearts and in our lives. In your name we pray.
Jesus said, the first commandment is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. As we prepare to celebrate the mystery of Christ's love, let us acknowledge our sins and ask the Lord for pardon and strength. Most merciful God, I confess that I have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what I have done and by what I have left undone. I have not loved you with my whole heart. I have not loved my neighbors as myself. I am truly sorry, and I humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on me and forgive me, that I may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Amen. Christ, have mercy.
To the peoples of the earth. Lead us who know you now by faith to your presence where we may see your glory face to face. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Children, you will come forward ready for Sunday school. Good morning, sir. <laughs> and the army of the Lord assembles. If you will reach out your hands and pray with me for these children as they head out for Sunday school. Heavenly Father, we are grateful to you that you have put these great hearts and minds and children among us. We pray, Lord God, that you would always watch over them, keep them safe and strong, fill their hearts and minds with knowledge and with courage. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Good morning. Uh, today's first reading is Isaiah chapter 60. Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around, and see. They all gather together, they come to you. Your sons shall be far from afar, and your daughters shall be nursed at your side. Then you shall see and become radiant, and your heart shall swell with joy, because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. The multitude of the camels shall cover your land. The dromedaries of Midian and Ephen 
all those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and incense, and they shall proclaim the praises of the Lord. The word of the Lord. Today's psalm is Psalm 78, or 72, uh, 8 through 17. Uh, please respond by the asterisk. He shall have dominion also from sea to sea. Those who dwell in the wilderness will bow before him. The kings of Tarshish and, the, and of the Isles of Will bring presents. The kings of Sheba and Sheba will offer gifts. Yes, all kings shall fall down before him. All nations shall serve him. For he will deliver the needy when he cries. He will spare the poor and the needy. He will redeem the life from the oppress, oppression and violence. And he shall live, and the gold of Sheba will be given to him. There will be an abundance of grain in the earth on the top of the mountains. His name shall endure forever. His name shall continue as long as the sun. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. This morning's second reading comes from Ephesians, chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus for you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which was given to me for you, how that by revelation he made known to me the mystery as I have briefly written already, by which, when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which, in other ages, was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ, through the gospel, of which I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power. To me, who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things through Jesus Christ, to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. 
according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have found, found boldness, excuse me, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. The word of the Lord. as we hear his holy gospel. The holy gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Jesus Christ. We are reading from Matthew's gospel, chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then, being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to thee, Lord Jesus Christ.
to talk about one of the strangest stories in Scripture. We get to talk about the time when the, uh, the columnist told everybody what Jesus' sign was. You know, is he a Scorpio or is he a... Well, okay, maybe that didn't actually happen. But maybe from our lens, we get this idea of these people, these astrologers, astronomers, these people who are looking to the sky to tell them about the world. And looking to the sky to figure out where to go and to be guided and led. We might come to that with a little bit of trepidation. When you look at the world and you see how people misuse (laughs) the information that can be gleaned from God's creation. Let me just say right now, the Magi did not care what your astrological sign was. That wasn't the point. As a Scorpio, the most hated of the signs... I want to make it clear that the signs don't matter. (laughs) All joking aside, it's such a fascinating story where in the middle of angelic visitations, in the middle of a virgin birth, in the middle of a prophet being an unborn baby who's declaring the goodness of Jesus in the womb, all this crazy stuff is happening Now we get coming to the scene, what we like to think of as the three wise men, the three magi, who are following a star to find the king of the Jews. What an odd story. I don't know if you've looked at the sky, but there's a lot of stars. How did they know to follow this star? Well, let me just say that there's actually something real in this story that you might miss in the, in, in the overwhelming amount of information about the occult and the magic in today and all the crazy things. You might miss the fact that, guess what? God can speak to you through his creation. 
He can speak to you through the stars. These magi, why did they see what God was saying? Because they were paying attention. Because they were looking for him to speak. They didn't know the God of Israel, but they knew whatever God made this place is speaking to us. And they followed that. If you take nothing else away from today, I want you to know that God can speak to you. If he can use a star in the sky, something that, okay, blow your mind just a little bit more, right? The stars you see in the sky are hundreds of millions of light years away. So what does that mean? That means hundreds of millions of years before Jesus was born, God put a star in the sky so that the light from that star would show up on earth at this time and lead these people to the birth of his son. It's impossible to comprehend. It's absolutely bonkers. And yet, if that God can speak that way, how much more so can he speak to you who have the Holy Spirit within you? He wants your attention. He wants your devotion. He wants you to be committed to his word and his way. That's the story of the Magi. That's what's going on here. People who were paying attention, followed God's prompting, and got to see the face of of God. Praise God. Let's be like them. Let's read about this story because so much goes on in here that is fascinating. In Matthew chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, it says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. First question for you. I know we've got a really fun song that we love. But are they kings? Are they we three kings of Orient are? Probably not. In fact, most likely they are king's advisors. You know, a coterie of wise men. We see that in the Old Testament like Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and all these people who were wise men who would tell the kings, oh, this is what the signs are saying, or this is what you should do. And are there three of them? Well, also, probably not. There are three gifts, but it's probably a whole troop of them with their camels and their servants and the whole thing. It's a whole group of them coming before the King Herod saying, where is this king of the Jews? And we followed a star to get here, by the way. Now, why do we like to call them kings? Because if you were paying attention to our earlier readings, they symbolize what was prophesied in the Old Testament. In Isaiah 60, verse 3, it says, And nations shall come to your light, like the light of a star, and kings to the brightness of your rising. This is a symbol of the wealth and wisdom of kings coming to worship Jesus. A baby in a subjugated kingdom. What an insane proposal. These are the most powerful people in their respective kingdoms, aside from their kings. They're advisors, they're wise men, they're probably very wealthy, considering the gifts that they brought. And they came to Israel, which nobody in the world cared about. It was some Roman-occupied territory that sometimes had to had some rebellion stirred up and they had to get smacked down by the Roman government. That was like what they were known for at this time. Oh, that rebellious backwater town, Jerusalem, 
Israel. And yet, these, the wealth and wisdom of kings is coming to bow down and worship the new king of the Jews. And in uh, Psalm 72, it continues, May desert tribes bow down before him. His enemies lick the dust. May the kings of Tarshish and of the coastlands render him tribute. May the kings of Sheba and Seba bring gifts. May all kings fall down before him. All nations serve him. And in the Christmas story, we get all of these symbols that are going to last through the ages. And we get images of when God became a baby, all of the world bowing down before him. That's what this image is meant to symbolize. Because I don't know if you know the secret, but at the end of the Bible, the entire world bows down before our God. It's an amazing story. And so we need to think about our faith not as something that supplements our life. But like the star, we need to guide our life around the kingdom of God. It's our guiding point, our focal point, because the entire world, beginning, middle, end, is revolving around this baby, Jesus Christ. And so you see a symbol of that as these wise men come to Herod. But guess what? No matter how wise they are, they couldn't find the baby Jesus. They went to Jerusalem and the star wasn't there. They're like, what do we do next? Where did they have to go? To the scriptures. To God's special revelation to his chosen people Israel. They went to Herod. Where did Herod go? To the Bible. He said, bring me all those people who know what the Bible says. And they'll tell me where to look for this baby. So, yes, God will speak to anybody anywhere. But do you know where he speaks to the world about his plan for salvation? In the Bible. In the stories we read every Sunday. This is where the secret plan that has been made known to the world is unfolded. And we get to be a part of that. And so, at this point, let's see what Herod does with this information. In verse 3, when Herod the king heard that they were looking for the king of the Jews, he was troubled. In all Jerusalem with him. What a tragic line. Not only was the king troubled, but the people around him were like, hey, you got to take care of this. you got to take care of this baby. We don't want a rival for the throne. They were happy with being a subjugated people with their little slice of power in Jerusalem. Furthermore, he assembled the chief priests and the scribes of the people, and he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. Wait, hold on. So he knew that Jesus was the Messiah, the anointed one, the Christ, God's own chosen Savior. And yet we know he's looking for a way to kill him. That is a level of evil that you rarely encounter even in the scriptures. He knew who this baby was immediately. He goes, tell me where the Christ is. He had wisdom and insight to see that, and yet he was blind to what that meant. He saw in his little kingdom, in his power, he could squash God's purposes to save the entire world. And you might think, man, that Herod, 
Thank God I'm not like Herod. Oof. I'm so great. I would never try and kill baby Jesus. Uh, yeah, okay, fine. But it reminds me of some other stories in scriptures, like maybe Jonah, where God said, hey, I want you to go save these people. I'm going to have to kill them. I want you to be my message of salvation. And he runs the opposite way. And then God says, hey, Jesse, I want you to go do this job over here and comfort that person. And I go, I'd rather go this way. I want to just collapse the distance between big, bad, evil Herod and the wickedness that we can find in our own hearts. Because, you know, the line between good and evil runs through the heart of every man. The question every day is, are you going to submit to one or the other? Are you going to follow the star of God's kingdom? Or are you going to aim downwards today, trying to protect your own kingdom? That's what Herod's doing. He got threatened. He's going to protect what's his. By right, it's mine. Even if Jesus shows up, I'm going to keep my thing. Such a tragedy. And it's so fascinating because these wise men, right, we know that they're wise because out of the entire world, they're the only people who showed up to Jesus' birthplace. You know the stars in the sky, people can see it, they showed up. They're pretty darn wise. And yet God gave Herod and the chief priests of Jerusalem their opportunity. What are you going to do? You weren't paying attention to the star that's been shining in the sky. My broadcast, my spotlight telling you that the Christ is being born. Will you listen? And yet they choose the other way. What a tragedy. So they told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall, become, shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Bethlehem was a backwater. Bethlehem was not a popular town. In fact, Mary and Joseph, born in Bethlehem, had left to find better lodging elsewhere. It was the place you wanted to leave. The only significance in Bethlehem was that David was born there. But why was it significant that David was born in Bethlehem? Because he was just some shepherd boy. He wasn't important. Bethlehem wasn't important. God makes a habit of using the foolish things to confound the wise. What did I say last, last time I talked about Mary? What was special about her? She was humble and obedient. And so when we look at Bethlehem, it's the same type of thing. It's a humble town. Nothing special. And yet... The prophets heard God's voice and said, no, this is the spot where the Christ will be born. One more wrinkle here. Mary and Joseph weren't in Bethlehem when Mary got the word that she was going to have the baby, Jesus. So we know the scribes and Pharisees knew the Christ, the Savior, is going to be born in Bethlehem. But the angel shows up to Nazareth and tells some random girl that she's going to have Jesus, the baby, the Savior. By our calculations, the angel is wrong. How many times have you gotten a word from the Lord, like you're going to do this? But God, I'm way over here. I can't do that. It can't be me. It's got to be somebody else. We always think that God's plans have to fit our designs. 
And yet, an imperial proclamation comes down. All the way in Rome, way more than a cell phone call away at this time, somebody wrote an order and said, hey, all those people in Israel have got to go to their houses, wherever their hometown is, so that we can get more money out of them. We can tax them better with our census. And the guy in Rome, yeah, Caesar Augustus, is feeling pretty good about himself. And God in heaven is steering his heart wherever he wills. That's what we're told in Proverbs. The Lord, the heart of the king is like water in the hand of the Lord. He guides it wherever he wills. He's like, I got a star that I set up hundreds of millions of years ago. Changing your heart is no problem. Guiding you to bring my Savior to be born in Bethlehem, in Judah. Verse 7. Well, I just want to say one more thing. He made all of these people in his king in this vast empire go back to their hometown so that they could get counted. And on a certain day, like you have to be here by this day or you're going to be outlawed, killed, prisoned, whatever. Talk about government overreach. And yet, God's up there saying, that's what I want. So be careful, us freedom-loving people, that you don't mistake government overreach and abuse and tyranny when it's God's will to put you in a spot. I'm not saying you don't fight against tyranny. I'm not saying you don't fight for your freedom. But I am saying we have a God who is above all of this. Let's get his wisdom on how to proceed. Okay, verse 7. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. When you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. This one's hard. Why does he want to know when the star appeared? So he can murder all the babies. I just, I can't imagine. And yet that same wickedness can be in our own hearts. We need to stay sensitive to the realities of the world, to the darkness that can exist. We get so flooded with images and reports of bad things happening around the world. But when you stay close with God, he softens your heart towards the tragedy of those around you. Don't become cynical or dismissive when you hear of difficulties and tragedies in the world. Because that hardens your heart to what you're doing. Herod never had to look at any of those mothers or any of those babies that he ends up declaring Go kill them all. His heart was hard to the tragedies in the world, and it allowed him to abuse his power. So when the wise men told him, yeah, the star showed up a couple years ago, and we've been finding our way here all that time, he goes, that's how many babies I need to kill. Everyone below two years old. And yet, in the midst of that, God's mercy and grace was working. In fact, that very act of evil, God had prepared hundreds of years before in the prophecies for. And they say, no, there's comfort coming to Israel. All these tyrants, the Roman occupiers, King Herod, all of them will be dealt with by this little baby, Jesus. By this miraculous event where God entered into our suffering and thus transformed the world. In fact, He took on him all of that suffering in his crucifixion and said, I will bear it. 
And the infinite, eternal, timeless God became limited and mortal and died. That he might embrace everything and make those things, dry those tears, take that death and make it into resurrection. All of that is in this little baby story about Christmas, about God becoming flesh and being among us. Verse 9, after listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. So they couldn't figure out how to find the child. They followed the star and they made it to Jerusalem. But as soon as they got the word of the Lord from the scriptures about where Jesus was to be born, the star reappeared. When you're following God, remember to check in every once in a while. Sometimes we get a word and we just go for it or we get a vision and we just go for it and go for it and go for it. And even when the revelation is evaporated, even when we think we've arrived, we just stay there. Oh, Jerusalem. He'll be here eventually. No, God had more. He kept leading them step by step. And so now he brings them to this wonderful place, this little town of Bethlehem. And when they saw the star... They rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. If you needed a confirmation of their wisdom, it's right here. Not only did they see a baby, but they fell down and worshipped that baby. That takes a revelation. You don't see old men who've been doing their thing, the wisest, the counselors of kings, Falling down and worshiping babies very often. I've never heard the like. But they were wise enough to recognize this baby is not just the king of the Jews. They're going to tell us exactly who they think he is with their gifts. But I wanted to highlight here, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. They've been journeying for up to two years to find this baby. When it talks about them following a star, what does a star represent? We say things like, wish upon a star. It's talking about putting the highest thing in the highest place. It's talking about following that which is the most important. It's talking about seek first the kingdom of God. They put their entire lives on hold to follow that star. And they found the center of the universe. They found Christ the Lord. They found Jesus and worshiped at his feet. And that's what Paul was talking about in Ephesians. He says this thing about what's going on in this moment of revelation where he says, I told you how that by revelation he made known to me the mystery. And like Paul does, he writes three other verses. And then he tells you the mystery way over here. So if you were reading it this morning and you're like, what was the mystery? So was I. (laughs) But I skipped all those verses and we got to the point. Here it is. That the Gentiles, all of us or most of us, should be fellow heirs of the same body, partakers of the promise in Christ through the gospel. In a world which for thousands of years has been obsessed with drawing borderlines around the chosen people, the master race, the most important people, the mystery of Christ 
And the mystery of the Magi is that this gift is for the whole world. That God came to erase all distinctions. Every human being is his treasured people. Every human being is invited to participate. To be not just his chosen servants, but fellow heirs with Jesus. What does Jesus get? Everything. There's nothing Jesus doesn't get. All authority, all power, all dominion. What do you get? What he gets. That's mind-blowing. And it doesn't matter who you are. I could say this same sermon anywhere in the world. Everybody listening is invited into that promise. That's the mystery. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. How many of you are... Wonderful song to illustrate. I won't sing it. I will read it. I know everybody got a little scared there. Uh, I will read it, and you'll see what these three gifts represent. It says, Born a king on Bethlehem's plain, gold I'd bring to crown him again. King forever, ceasing never, over us all to reign. Gold. I love that line, right? To crown him again. What's the point? He's already king. The king of the universe, the creator of everything that is, became a baby to suffer and die. So that his crown would not just be one of gold, but one of thorns. Because he wants us to share in his kingdom. That's it. God didn't need to do this. If we weren't here, I dare say God wouldn't have done this. But he came that you might participate. He already had all the glory. He already had all the dominion. He laid it aside that you could share in it. And so gold I bring to this baby to crown him again. He's already king of the world. And over us all to reign. What a revelation these wise men had. Frankincense to offer have I. Incense owns a deity nigh. That line saying that incense represents that there's a God here. Who do you burn incense to? You burn incense to your gods. Prayer and praising, all men raising, worship him, God most high. The baby, the toddler. I like to imagine, like, he's the creator of the universe, and they show up, and he's playing with, like, clay. And he's just, like, forming little toys, you know? The creator of the universe, a baby. And yet he's able to, these wise men recognize his deity. And then... Myrrh is mine. It's bitter perfume, breeze, a life of gathering gloom. Sorrowing, sighing, bleeding, dying, sealed in the stone-cold tomb. And we're told later that Nicodemus brought myrrh and aloes when when Jesus died. And that's what they anointed his body with. Once again, the revelation is amazing that these wise men had. The symbols as God led them. To not only declare him God and king, but to prophesy through their gifts that he would lay down his life. And so you might be sitting there thinking, okay, so what do we do now that we have this revelation, that we have this story? Well, you've got to bring him your gold. You've got to make him your king. And guess what? You've got to bring him your incense. Don't pray to any other god. Don't worship any other god. 
Don't serve any other God, the God of money, the God of your job, the God of your fulfillment, the God of your family, the God, whatever it is, don't serve them. Bring it to this Jesus. And you've got to bring him your myrrh. You've got to join him as the sacrifice. Every one of us is called to die with Christ. He tells us, take up your cross and follow me. The question that we have this morning is, are you one of these wise men? Wise women? Are you going to participate with them? Are you going to recognize this God? It's a lot easier to recognize him now in the light of 2,000 years of revelation and the, the fullness of his story and his resurrection than it was back then when he was a toddler. We're invited to have faith, to open the eyes of our hearts, to see Jesus as our King, our God, and to join him in his death and resurrection. And the last confirmation that these kings knew what they were doing, it says in verse 12, And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. They were paying attention. Open your eyes, open your ears. God is speaking to you today. Recognize who Jesus is. Not just back then, but today, tomorrow, and forever. Amen? One God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of His Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again in accordance with the Scripture and ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. And he shall come again with glory to judge the living and the dead, whose kingdom have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. And I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead, and the life of the world to come. Brothers and sisters, since Jesus, the light of the world, has come to us and given us access to the Father, let us offer our petitions to Him who is able to meet all our needs. That the church will make known the mystery and glory of the Lord to all nations. Lord, in Your mercy. That the nations, like the Magi, will recognize Jesus as the Messiah, the Savior of the whole world. Lord, in your mercy, that those who hold political office will uphold the dignity of every human life from conception to natural death. Lord, in your mercy, 
that we will use the, God, the gifts God has given us for the common good and the furthering of his kingdom. Lord, in your mercy, that those who are enslaved by any addictions will experience the freedom God has given us in Christ Jesus. Lord, in your mercy, that those who defend us at home and abroad will be protected by God's grace. Lord, in your mercy, that throughout this new year, we will use our time, treasure, and talents to glorify God. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayers, deepen our faith, and grant us your peace. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Peace, Lord, you're always with you. I'm with you. Your 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 Good news, catechism tonight. <laughs> if one of you young people are, are participating in catechism, remember tonight at 5 o'clock we resume again our lessons, be there or be square. Uh, I have a couple of other things I want you to be attentive to as the uh, announcements cycle through. Uh, and, and next up in my mind as I'm thinking of these big things is our youth retreat that's coming up. <laughs> This is a great event. God has moved there powerfully in so many ways. And if you want to participate and you're not a youth, then we could use your contributions to help defray the cost of this event. So please be generous as God directs. Uh, And if you are a youth, you want to get signed up. You want to go. You want to be there. So that's that's the biggie. And also uh, note the dates for the convocation this summer so you can start planning for that now in Orlando. Uh, It will be fabulous and you will want to be there. I will want to see you there. Amen. Flying in for one of the nights, our St. Michael's worship band. So (laughs) you're not going to want to miss it, okay? Let's pray for our tithes and offerings. (laughs) Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and make good your vows to the Most High. Let us with gladness present the offerings and oblations of our life and labor to the Lord. Amen.
Break every stronghold. Break every stronghold. 
with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just our duty and our salvation always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord. Holy Father, almighty and eternal God, for today you've revealed the mystery of our salvation in Christ. As a light for the nations, and when he appeared in his mortal nature, you made us new by the glory of his immortal nature. And so with angels and archangels, with thrones and dominions, with all the hosts and powers of heaven, sending down your spirit upon them so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Before he's given up to death, the death he freely accepted. He took bread and gave him thanks. He broke it. He gave it to his disciples. and said, take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When Sephazenes, he took the cup. Again, he gave thanks and praise, and he gave the cup to his disciples and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of a new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. Let us proclaim this mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. In memory of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Father, this life-giving bread, this saving cup. We thank you for counting us worthy to stand in your presence and to serve you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Lord, remember your church throughout the world. Make us grow in love together with our patriarch, Craig, and all of our bishops and clergy. Remember especially those who are sick and firm, spirit, soul, or body. We pray especially this day for Susan, Naomi, Sandy, and Sandra, and Karen, and Dan, Patrick, Bob, 
Jermaine, Ryan, the Campbell family, the Black family, the Flinch family, the Fisher family, the Johnson family, Jeff, and of course our Marines and sailors at Camp Pendleton, all those serving in our armed services. Draw our hearts to remember the poor and the broken, and as we receive the body and blood of Jesus, may we be transformed to become the body of Christ to the world. Lord, have mercy on us all. Lord, you've made us worthy to share eternal life with the Blessed Virgin Mary, the mother of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Joseph, her husband, and with the apostles and martyrs and all the saints who have gone before us. May we praise you in union with them and give you glory through your Son, Jesus Christ. By him and with him and in him in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty God and Father, now and forever. Amen. Now as our Savior Christ taught us, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those who are called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word. And my soul shall be healed. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Grant us peace. The gifts of God for the people.
Just wanna dwell 
we've had a uh, <clears throat> wonderful blessing. We had our annual ball, and we had a ball. It was uh, marvelous. And uh, my archdeacon, uh, Father David, came down and helped us with some problems we had going on, and uh, he stayed and had a ball. And uh, it was lovely to watch Jody. And we're so grateful for all the work he does in our church and our diocese. You don't know about it, but uh, he is an incredible, anointed, uh, talented, gifted business person. And there's a business to running a church. I know because I do such a lousy job of it. But uh, with people like him and Father House, Eric helping us who do know what they're doing, uh, we muddled through pretty pretty doggone well. Also, we were blessed, uh, the Reverend Father Dr. <laughs> Fell is here, his lucky wife, and uh, they're just great, great people of God. You talk about having a heart of a servant. Uh, he, I figure if he ain't sleeping... He's serving people, either as a physician or as a priest, or both. And uh, we're just privileged to know them both. Uh, A little secret you don't know about her. She is the most accomplished uh, pianist that uh, you probably would ever meet in your life. But uh, we don't get a chance very often to get her to play. We got to, next time you're here, we got to let her do something for you. Can you do a keyboard too? Because I know you're used to the mega grand deal, but uh, yeah, what a, what a, what a wonderful group of people. We are different (laughs) and we are family and it's marvelous in God's sight. Let us pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now in the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and signals of heart. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in the battle and be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who wander through the world seeking ruin. So The Lord be with you. With your spirit. Our help is in the name of the Lord. The maker of heaven and earth. Remember the gospel. God was in Christ Jesus reconciling. Reconciling the world to himself and not counting men's sins against them. And he loves us. He's forgiven us. He's not mad at us. And he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake you. And the blessings of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be amongst you. Maybe always. Amen. Yes, I could.
forth into the world, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God. I love it here It's better